0: Our scripture for today comes from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3-14. through 14. Let us listen to God's word. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. To be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Ephesians 1 says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption into his family through Jesus Christ. Who that us is in that sentence becomes very important Because when you're someone's child, that means you're in line for an inheritance. And when you're God's child, that inheritance includes eternity in heaven, which isn't exactly Aunt Nelda's old rusty silverware. According to this passage, God chose some people to be adopted into his family. He chose some people to receive this inheritance of eternal life, which seems to imply there are others he did not choose And no one wants to be left off that list. But take a deep breath. Don't get tripped up by this language of chosen and destined. You can quell the anxiety attack that is about to begin, wondering whether or not God puts you on that list. Because that's not quite how we read this. We read it like this, For God chose us, human beings, us, for adoption into his family through Jesus Christ. God predestined us, all of us, to be a part of his family. So God forms us and he makes us, and it was with the intention of being adopted into his family. That's the act we celebrated this morning. God intends to adopt Rowan into his family, not by anything Rowan has done, but by God's grace alone. So as strange as it sounds, even in this text, God is not playing favorites because no one starts as a child of God. No one except for Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only Son of God, the original child of God. Jesus should be the only one to inherit heaven, the only one to get these gifts from God the Father. But God is gracious and kind, so if we believe in Jesus, we too are promised eternal life with him. God creates us for adoption into his kingdom. But there is one small, itty-bitty, teeny-tiny problem. We don't always want it. Because we don't always want what's good for us. We don't always want heaven because we don't always want what's good for us. During General Assembly, I was working out at the hotel gym. And this group of kids came in to the gym They were being loud. They were goofing around. They were playing and jumping on the treadmills and jumping on the yoga balls. And I started thinking to myself, this is why you're required to have an adult with you when you come into the hotel gym if you're under the age of 18. So one of these girls, she had to have been 12 or 13, decides she's going to show off. So this is, this is good. She hops on the treadmill. She looks at her group of friends and says, I'm going to see how fast this thing goes. So she smashes her finger on the button, and you can see the treadmill to start going, and she's running along doing just fine, and then she keeps hitting that button, and you can hear it beep, 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 as the treadmill starts accelerating. So the speed continues to click up, but if you've ever been on a treadmill, you know it works on a slight delay, right? So the button's going, and she's running, and she thinks she's fine, but the treadmill is still accelerating underneath her. Before you know it, it's going just a little too fast and you see her to start straining, but the treadmill is still accelerating because she's still hitting the button. Then before you know it, it's going way too fast and you see her feet get further and further behind her. She's leaning forward because her finger is still mashing the button and her feet are spinning. It's like a cartoon where you see their feet spinning. And then finally, The treadmill throws both her feet up and for a second she's like Superman. Her arm forward still smashing the button and her two feet straight up in the air and looks awesome. She looks fantastic, but right after she looks awesome like Superman, both knees come down and hit the end of the treadmill and the treadmill whirs and pushes her entire body off of it until her head face plants on the edge of said treadmill. Everything goes silent in the gym when this happens, except for the whirring treadmill, which must be taking a victory lap after she fell off. Luckily, she was 12 years old and pretty hardy, and she got up and everything was fine. But all this girl wanted was to show off. That's all she wanted to do. But we don't always want what's good for us. Sometimes what we want is going to mess us up. It might seem like a good idea when you start. And for a while, it feels really fun and exhilarating, but we don't always want what's good for us. And eventually, gravity will win. So it's not a surprise that we don't always want God or the kingdom that God is building, or more specifically, it's that we want other things too. Obviously, this girl would rather not bust her face on the edge of the treadmill. But she also wants to show off a bit, so you have these two competing wants. On the one hand, you want your face to remain intact and to stay pretty. On the other hand, you want to look like Usain Bolt in the hotel gym of the Radisson. So now, there's this conflict in your head. This is where most of life actually happens. Life is lived between conflicting desires, and who we are is defined by what we decide. Sometimes the decisions don't matter. Okay. Sometimes it doesn't matter if you eat a burger or chicken fingers. It's not going to matter past that meal. But who we are is defined by what we do when we're caught between a desire to do the easy thing, the cool thing, and the desire to do the right thing. Brian and I were watching this show, and I don't know what it's called, uh, but it's on the BBC. They put it out so you know it's good. And it's a detective crime show. One of those shows we can only watch an episode every couple of days because I have an active imagination. (laughs) Things get lodged in my brain and I go to bed. And then what happens is I'll wake up in the middle of the night jabbering about said detective show and how I have all the solutions to the crime scene that's happening. And I sleep straight through the night jabbering away about what's happening. My husband is up all night listening to me jabbering about the show we're watching. So, for the sake of my husband being able to actually sleep, we can't watch the show, but maybe once or twice a week. Anyway, there's a particular episode, and this husband and wife get into trouble doing something to other people that's horrible and bad. And the husband gets convicted, but the wife gets off free because she's going to plead insanity. The detective in this show doesn't feel good about this because he knows that she knows what she's done is wrong. So in this scene at the end of this episode, the detective pulls this lady aside and says, a few days ago you lied to me and said you were not involved. You would never participate in this crime because why? Why did you say you would never do that? And in an instant, she begins to tear up and to cry, and the guilt you can see consumes her. And she looks up and she says to the detective, because it's wrong. I knew it was wrong, but I did it anyway. And in that moment, she decides to walk into court and plead guilty. She chose the harder thing, but it was the right thing. Life is lived between these conflicting desires. The right thing will usually be harder, but the reason we choose it is because it's right. When this passage says that God has predestined us for heaven, it is saying that heaven is the destination God intends for us, but we still have to choose the right path to get there. And we don't always want what's good for us. So this morning we're talking about this super practical dilemma that comes up again and again. There are different things you want. You know which one is right, but you keep losing that battle. So what do we do? When we think about it, I think most of us would agree, following God in the end is the best thing we could possibly do. Living like Jesus is what we were made for. It's what's best for us. But we don't always want what's good for us. So what do we do? Let me just say this. If just trying harder hasn't worked for you, don't expect that to change. It won't If just trying harder hasn't worked so far, don't expect that to change. It won't. You're not Superman or Wonder Woman. You can't will yourself into something. We're human, and our self-control is like a bucket full of water. Eventually, it runs out. If you spend an exhausting day at work, you can expect your bucket to be pretty empty by the time you get home. If you're trying not to eat a donut at work, every single time you walk by that donut is like taking a scoop out of that bucket of water. The best thing you can do is not walk by the donut. If you're trying to spend less time on your phone, carrying it in your pocket is like tearing a hole out of the bottom of your bucket of self-control. The best thing you can do is put your phone somewhere you can't get to it. If you're trying to follow God better, it's really simple. Create an environment that will help you do that. If you want advice on how, I'll give you two examples. Number one, actually schedule time with God. I would never see my husband, regardless of the fact that we work together, if I didn't schedule time with him. Schedule time with God. Find a time that works for you. Put it in your planner, put it in your calendar, have it on your phone so that it dings at you every time you're supposed to be spending time with God. But plan time to spend with God. And number two, find a way to make it fun. Believe it or not, God is not boring. God wants your relationship with Him to be enjoyable, life changing. So it's not cheating to find a way of praying or studying scripture or serving others that you actually enjoy, then it won't feel like God is an obligation or chore. You'll want it. As you change your environment to make more space for God and spend more time focusing on him, something will happen. God will show up, I promise god will show up ephesians says god predestined us for adoption into his family through jesus christ to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us through the one he loves god freely gives us his glorious grace because when god looks at us he sees this creation that he predestined for heaven god created us to live constantly with him but he also sees that we don't always choose heaven because we don't always choose what's good for us. So God sends Jesus first to forgive our sins, but also to change our hearts. And as we begin to follow God, a lot of it feels unnatural, a little bit like clothes that don't fit quite right. There are these other things we'd rather be doing. But the more we follow, the more room we make for God, the more we choose God, God begins filling all of those openings with more of his spirit. And then the magic that happens is our desires actually change. God's presence in our lives changes our hearts so that we actually want what's good for us. So most of life is lived between conflicting desires. Do I eat healthy? Do I eat pizza? Do I go out with friends? Do I stay home? Do I buy any television or save the money? Do I read my Bible or do another load of laundry? Do I visit the sick or watch more Netflix? Do I get up to pray or do I sleep in? Life is lived between conflicting desires. And we don't always want what's good for us. But there's hope. There's hope because God chose us before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless. In love, God destined us for adoption into his family through Jesus Christ. And God gives us his grace so that day after day after day, we actually want what's good for us. We want what God wants. Life is lived between conflicting desires, and we are defined by what we choose in those conflicting moments. Often, the right thing will be the hard thing. But the reason we choose it is because it's right. The reason we choose it is because it's right. Let us pray. Lord, we ask that you would give us more of your grace to continue to transform our hearts so that we want what you want. Transform our hearts so that our desires line up with your desires. Lord, on the day-to-day stuff that we have, we ask that you would continue to guide us further into a relationship with you, that when we have conflicting thoughts and conflicting desires and schedules that don't line up, that we would simply place you first as our priority as our hope, as our guide. In your name we pray. Amen.